Welcome to the Kill Your Internet Podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode number 65 of the Kill Your Internet Podcast presented by High Brew Coffee. With you, as always, is your boy, Colin. With us today from the Budney Stronghold in Maniunk is Mr. Ken Bianco, free of COVID. Kenny B, how we doing? COVID-free since 93. No, not 93. <laughs> COVID-free since yesterday. COVID-free since yesterday. I'm proud of you. I was worried about you. I actually wasn't worried about you at all because you texted us on Thanksgiving morning and you were like, I don't want you guys to worry. Like, I'm okay. Like, I was like, only Ken would like think to like reassure us that he was all right. So it was, I don't want to be dramatic, but I think having asymptomatic COVID may be the hardest thing anyone in human history has <laughs> gone up against. So I am very strong and brave. <laughs> Thank you, Ken. I really appreciate your bravery, dude. <laughs> Thank you for your service. <laughs> dude, I don't know. Like, I've most of the people that I know have been asymptomatic, but like knowing that you're okay just made me happy because yeah, and uh, you know I'm obviously joking. This is a very serious thing. Oh if yeah, absolutely. Stay away from people, you know, because there are people that are not as strong and brave <laughs> like me that will beat it. Fact, yeah. Ken came out of this a real warrior. Uh, as we always do, I want to start with a uh, circumstance for any musician who's listening who might wonder whether or not they're in the right place. Uh, in today's circumstances, if you've ever booked a tour and made sure to book an off day in a specific city so that you can go out and drink in it because it's just a cool city you've never been to, then you're in the right place. And this is a, a story that we, we've brought up multiple times on this podcast, but not never gotten into the nuts and bolts of how it happened. But it's our two nights in New Orleans. And uh, we brought it up with Nate Moran because Nate was the, the, the real loser of this situation. Nate, of course, is our buddy who drums in Nashville, who, who toured with us for a bit. But uh, Ken, this was an absolute shit show. Oh, from the start. The second we touched <laughs> down in New Orleans, it was a rough go of it, but a fun go of it. I just remember like coming into New Orleans and like seeing the Superdome because that's how we like came in on the highway and I was like, whoa, we're here. This is fucking sweet. But let, let me set the stage for you. This is 2016. I think this was like our first like really long tour. And we had just been in, in North Carolina. We played like three different shows in North Carolina. And I think we did um, Alabama. I think we came from Alabama. No, we went to Alabama after. That's when we went to Birmingham, I think. Okay, okay. I got it backwards. Though. No, yeah. So we went, we for some reason rooted the tour to where we went like North Carolina for three shows. We did like Raleigh, Durham, and, and Chapel Hill. Or no, Charlotte was in there somewhere. But like then we went down to New Orleans and we were going up to Alabama and then Tennessee after that. And we were, like, I remember like booking the tour and being like, I could fill this with a show this one this one day, or we could just get absolutely fucking obliterated on Bourbon Street, and that's what we did. And uh, so we we pull into New Orleans, and we're still green at this point. Like, we don't really have the hang of the lifestyle yet. Like, like we think like, oh, we're gonna get there. We're just gonna go out and rage the next day. Like, wake up and fucking go play this like dope show. Nope, nope, not at all. Uh, we got there, loaded in, and then. Decided that like we compartmentalize it into two sections. So the first night was going to be go out in New Orleans, like live it up, have a good time, and then the next night play the show. And just a little disclaimer: like the next night, uh, my then girlfriend, now wife Dana, who's sitting in the living room making enchiladas right now, uh, her and her friends were going to fly down to New Orleans to meet us while we were on tour. They were going to stay for the rest of the week, and then we were going to move on to Alabama. And uh, so we figured, like, all right, we'll have a fun night out after that, but we got to play the show, play a good show. And uh, the first night, I have little to no recollection of what actually happened. The night of the show was worse for me. I did get very drunk. Oh, no, the, we're um, going to get to that. Absolutely. Yeah, the first night was pretty rough as well. 
so the first night we go out and we go right to because we were staying like on Canal Street. We were in a great spot, really cool hotel, and we like dropped our shit in the hotel and went right to Bourbon Street. And what I do remember is the first place we went, we got what are called hang, hand grenades. They're fucking like it's just like it's riot like the tourist drinks. Yeah, the tourist drinks. There. They're yeah. like fucking like riot punch in plastic grenades. And uh, I remember drinking a bunch of those and then walking around and I, I have like this vivid like acid trip memory of this. Do you remember the guy in the SpongeBob SquarePants costume? Yes. <laughs> and this was when like I I forget what did I think it was the Dougie or something, but like I remember hotel or hotline bling was on by drake they were playing it throughout bourbon street and the fucking sp- i like i was like all fucked up and in slow-mo i looked over and there was just like a big inflatable spongebob squarepants doing the dougie like in the in the fucking streets of new orleans and i was like where am i right now <laughs> i just remember like bourbon street for me i got very drunk to the point where I knew I was on Bourbon Street, but parts <laughs> of it made me feel like I was on the Wildwood Boardwalk. Yes, almost. 150%. Just because everything's open, people were just like in crowds drinking. My biggest thing too was I was like, I, like the, the artsy person in me was like, oh, we'll go to Cafe Dumont for beignets and then we'll go see Frenchman Street. But realistically, all we did was just go to fucking Bourbon Street like assholes and just get shit We did try to go to Cafe Dumont. Don't forget yeah, that. Dana did go to Cafe Dumont. She has the pictures to prove it. Uh, but what I do remember of that night so we're on Bourbon Street and we're drinking the hand grenades and then we went to a blues club and I remember like being like, wow, this band is really good. And then like Eric went out back to smoke a cigarette. The The lead singer who was like an older gentleman came out back to smoke a cigarette and like me and him, me and him and Eric were like talking to each other and he was telling us these amazing stories from the road of being a blues musician and like, like opening for Stevie Ray Vaughan, like telling us these really cool stories. And then I remember nothing, but the only thing I remember is like looking at a bush next to me and like knowing like, all right, I'm about to fucking projectile vomit. Like, I, <laughs> like this guy's like telling his life story, and I'm like, that's really cool. But I was like, <clears throat> my like my mouth was getting hot. I remember that, and I just remember like dragging myself around Bourbon Street for the rest of the night, just being like, I need to go home. <laughs> like this is bad. <laughs> so we wake up the next morning, and it looks like the fucking Walking Dead. Everybody's like just completely dehydrated. Eric's taking a shower. Nate's knocking on the door to throw up in the toilet while Eric's taking a shower. We're all just absolutely looking like Sandy in SpongeBob's dome. That was one of the worst mornings waking up for me ever drinking. Just Sandy. And I told you the second night was worse for me. Than oh, the first I know. Night. We're we're gonna fucking get to that. So what I soon realized was I think it was Eric had thrown his bag into the corner near the radiator. Mm-hmm. And had actually turned the heat on to like 75. So what, what had happened was the New Orleans hotel room became a sauna. And when you're drunk and dehydrated, sweating is not good for you. So we were just in there, like, crawling out of our skin, losing our minds. We get it together. Dana and her, Katie and Allie all come in, and we go out for breakfast. I remember me you, me and you and Dana went to some, like, little shop, and I got, like, an iced coffee and a pimento cheese sandwich. Yeah, it was, like, a nice little um, patio. It was with, fucking like, gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so I'm like, I'm rallying a little bit, but I'm still like thinking in the back of my head, like, yo, we have to play a show tonight. Like, this is like not good. Like, I, like that's the thing about touring is people don't think like, oh, like, you know, you get fucked up or whatever, but it's like, okay, well, then you go play the show. It's rock and roll. It's like, no, like I have to do my job at that point. And uh-huh. like, and you're like fucking what, like 20 hours from home. Like there's not the normal comforts of home where you can crawl up in a ball. Mm-hmm. So we get to the show. And we're all just dead. And I remember like doing sound check, and it's one of my all-time memories of getting electrocuted by the mic because they didn't have a sound man. 
they didn't. They did have a sound sound man that was coming. I don't think he showed. He didn't show up for for sound check because this is what happened with me that day. <laughs> the sound guy never came, so I was like, you know what? I'm gonna have a beer while we're waiting for the sound guy. Have the beer go by. Still no sound guy. I have another beer. Still no sound guy. I had probably like four or five beers that day before even sound checking. Oh, do you remember what the what the catalyst to the whole night was though? No. They had moonshine behind the bar. Do you remember this? Vaguely. We all. Because it was us bearing torches, and there there might have been another band on the bill, I forget, but also bearing torches from Nashville. I remember going to the bar, just feeling like completely dried out, and then they were like, they had like Blackberry moonshine in a jug behind the bar. This is the venue, right? This is the venue. This is the Howlin' Wolf in yeah. New Orleans. And I was like, well, I guess we're doing shots of moonshine. <laughs> so it was like hair of the dog. Like I felt okay after that. Like it was, it was whatever, and like it started to get me back on track. But I remember being like, this is probably a bad way to start the night. Like I probably shouldn't have started with moonshine. Mm-hmm. Well, so we go through sound check. I get electrocuted twice by the mic, and the sound guy finally fucking shows up at some point. But right before we go on, this old white-haired dude comes up. I don't know how he was in the venue during sound check. I have no idea. I'm still convinced that he was Will Shade from the future coming back to like inception us into bringing Will into the band. Well, what was the guy's job again? He wasn't a musician. He was a, he played saxophone. His name was his Bill Landing. Bill Landing, by the way, I'm pretty sure in my house there's a picture of Bill Landing somewhere here because it was they, yeah, we, we took a picture of the after the yeah. show. Yeah, Bill Landing was a professor of oceanology at Florida State University, and he grabbed me before the. Or he actually grabbed Nate before the set and was like, "Hey, I'm Bill. I'd like to sit in with you for a song. I have my saxophone in, in my Toyota Corolla outside, and I'd like <laughs> to play with you guys." And he was like, "I don't have the authority to like give this a go, so." Nate grabs me off like six shots of moonshine. He's like, yo, this guy wants to play saxophone. And I looked at him and I was like, what are you waiting for? Do go fucking grab it. So we play, we start to play the set. The set's going well. And I was like, we are bringing up Mr. Will, Bill Landing. Like, was, we did Voices in My Soul. With Voices him, right? in My Soul. Yeah. And he fucking slayed it. And he's up there with like his pants up to his nipples, <laughs> like just like slaying the saxophone. And from then on, I was like, okay, we need a saxophone player. So I do think that Bill Landing was actually Will Shade from the future. Wait, his name was Bill? Bill. That's what I, I kept th- calling him Will. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. This is like, again, the, I was the, very drunk. This, at this is point, the so. whole like roundabout way that I think that Will like fucking inceptioned us into like bringing him into the band. So, so after the show, like we say goodbye to Bill Landing, who probably went off to some club because he was a baller, uh, and we go out. And I remember this is where the story gets weird. So after the set in New Orleans, I go back to the hotel. The rest of the band goes out to the bar, and I like like everybody goes to the bar. So I go back to change my shirt because I'm drenched in sweat. And my mom calls me, and I'm walking back down Canal Street, and I'm at a crosswalk, and there's like a string of like three homeless guys in the middle of Canal Street, and I'm like walking through the crosswalk, when all of a sudden I look to my left, and I see this dude running at me, and with both hands just shoves me basically into traffic, and I hit the ground, my phone flies out of my hands, and I can kind of hear my mom like, Colin, Colin, what's going on? So I get up, and the dude comes over, and he starts patting me down. He starts like, like he's obviously like looking for my wallet or something, and he's like, pat me down. He's like, I'm sorry, baby, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And I'm like, dude, what the fuck is going on right now? I'm thinking like, am I so hungover that like I'm seeing shit? And I finally was like, ew. And I go pick up my phone and I like basically <laughs> run away to Bourbon Street. But my mom's still on the phone. So she was like, Colin, what the fuck was that? And I was like, nothing. Don't worry about it. Like, I don't want to like think about my mom thinking like, where's 25-year-old Colin getting tackled by fucking dudes in New Orleans in the middle of nowhere? <laughs> so I meet up with the band. Ken is already fucking three sheets to the wind. This oh, was- I am 
Um, if anyone's ever gotten drunk with me, I get like lights out. <laughs> Ken's like, brain shuts off. I hold off. it. Like, you can tell I'm very drunk and I just, I stop talking. I stop communicating. I'll be a mute the rest of the night. hundred percent, but a happy one. That's the best Oh yeah, thing. I never get into the fights or anything. There's never been an mood. angry drunk Ken except for the night I think that we got in that I wouldn't say it was a fight. We got our asses kicked by that frat in Westchester where well, you got thrown into like the trash cans. Five of us against 40 of them. They like blew a conch cell and like they just came out of the they woodwork. They blew the magic conch and then a bunch of douchebags ran out. That's a whole other story for a different time. So Ken's gone. We are like in a really cool spot that we're on a we're on like a rooftop overlook or like a balcony overlooking Bourbon Street. And like we're all having a good time drinking these like touristy frozen drinks and like there's like like my wife is there and like uh, our friends from home are there. It's like the band, the two bands that are touring, like we're having a good time. And then I remember going downstairs and we were like getting ready to leave. By the way, I left my debit card at the bar this night. I very vividly remember that because I did not have a debit card for like the next like week. So I was like living off a credit card. I don't know. This whole thing was a shit show. So we go downstairs and like, we're about to like leave. And then all of a sudden I look over at Ken and he's talking to this, this uh, cocktail waitress who's working there. And uh, I remember being like, look at Ken, good for him, dude. He's like chatting this girl up, whatever. And like, I saw them like kind of like dancing. And then I look at Ken and like, I see the girl whisper something or she takes a, a syringe jello shot. A syringe shot. jello shot. She was clearly a cocktail waitress. I did not know it. She probably had a name tag. I just <laughs> thought it was like some girl because I was so out of it. So she like, she gives Ken this syringe shot. By gives it, I mean like shoves it down his grabbed throat. my head and grabbed his head. Like, and me, like I was standing like, whoa, all right, Kenny. And, uh, Ken's like giggling and she like leans in and whispers something out and Ken like looks at her like what and then she brings over a card reader she whispered like 15 bucks <laughs> and I was just like whoa <laughs> and I was like I don't have any cash and I she's remember like I like, take cards <laughs> well that same night so like when I showed up Dana and her friends were sitting at a table and that same cocktail waitress like came over to me and was like yo you're gonna buy these girls a round of shots and I was like what and she's like ew what are you poor like you're not gonna buy these nice girls a shot and I was like I didn't say anything like, I was just, I literally I was like Lady, I don't. I didn't do anything. Like, I'm just. I just showed up, and I remember like Allie like buying the drinks. And then the the girl, the the waitress looked at me like, "You piece of <laughs> shit." This was a weird fucking night, but I do remember like taking Ken, taking mindless Ken out of the bar, and like going back, and then waking up the next morning and realizing we had to drive to Alabama to play a show in like fucking Birmingham or something like that. For anybody who's ever toured or anybody has interest about what touring's like, that's what touring's like. That drive to Alabama was so bad. That was the Eric Sock story too, I think. Yeah, it was. And that's yeah. a, that once again, that's that's been covered, but we'll cover that again. It's a difference. Because yeah, we did we did Alabama, then we ended in, in Nashville. Nashville. And I remember like the last show in Nashville, like I got out of the car, I didn't like shower for two days. Probably. No, yeah. I, remember, I got changed in the parking lot. So did was, me and oh. you got changed in the parking lot. And that was the show that Nate went home before he Yeah, he had the luxury <laughs> of going home before. <laughs> he went home and then we were we were about to go on and I texted him and I was like, Yo, where are you? He's like, Yo, I'm at home. I'm about to come back. And I was like, dude, we're on stage. So I remember like setting up my pedal board for like 15 minutes, like <laughs> just, checking, just everything. checking everything. Yeah. So, all right. So that, that, that's our story for the day. Uh, before we get into segments, Ken, uh, we've been working on new music. We've been plotting and doing all this shit along with all the stuff with the podcast and all the content we've been releasing, but, uh, we've narrowed it down to, I think five. I was with Eric Bogax the other day and, okay. uh, I'm pretty freaking excited more than anything. It's rock and roll, dude. I'm so, I'm so excited to just unleash ignorance into the world. Yeah, it's the best way to do it. It is the best way to do it. 2021 is... I, I actually wrote something about this the other day, but rock and roll is on its way back to the mainstream, and I have receipts as to why I think that. Okay. We talk about cycles a lot. Mm -hmm. In the immortal words of uh, Q-Tip on excursions, Daddy, don't you know that everything goes in cycles? 
Yeah, great song. Great Probably song. one of the best opening tracks on any album oh, ever. Low end theory, baby. Uh, both Machine Gun Kelly releases a rock album, which people ate up, which obviously shows there's still an appetite for rock. And then Miley Cyrus this week just released a rock album as well. Oh, it's I saw Plastic that there Hearts. was going to be some rock stuff on, but it is like very it's much a rock album. It's fucking sick. I actually really like it. But like Billy Idol's on the record, and uh, who else? Oh, uh, Joan Jett's on the record. Okay. Shouts out to Miley Cyrus. Did her thing. It was really fucking I'll have to cool. Give it a listen. It's pretty cool. If you want to know what's going on in the music industry, read the tea leaves of the pop side of things. Mm-hmm. There's obviously an appetite for rock, rock, and labels are starting to reallocate stuff to rock. And I'm not just saying this because we're a rock band or whatever, and I'm not hating because I love hip hop and I love pop. I love all that shit. I think where like defense didn't know what was going on, but he was getting outside the pocket. And I think like watching him play made me think of the fact that Carson doesn't do that anymore. No, it's you know he's too. It's weird. I shouldn't have to say Carson seems raw because when you're your fifth year in the league, you shouldn't you be shouldn't doing that in your fifth year. Hurts just seemed a little bit more poised. That's all it comes down to. And Hurts might not be the answer. Second just, round, second round quarterbacks don't. Can you think of second round quarterbacks that were quarterbacks that were drafted in the second round that had become like superstars, starters? Like you can count on them. Probably Drew Brees. Drew Brees. And, and like I'm Ka- thinking Kaepernick was. Kaepernick. And I think about like uh, even a little bit later in that a fourth round quarter. Russell Wilson was a fourth round quarterback. Yeah, I mean, it happens so, but. It's just, I don't know. I just. And not, I, I, I do still love Carson. I think I he's a good Carson. guy. I, you know, just I pencil it in that he wins the Super Bowl in Indianapolis like yeah, in the next two years. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I, I wish him the best of luck wherever he goes. I think he needs to get traded though. And I'm just not mentally bullet. ready to, to turn the page yet. Like I'm just going to milk this for as long as I can of Carson being my guy. Right. Sixers come back this month. That's my thing. That's Villanova, where, Villanova basketball won today. So not a Philly team. Um, <laughs> I don't care if Mary went to Villanova. It doesn't matter. Um, what I will say is uh, Ben and Joel apparently moved in together recently, so they could become better friends. Nice. I also think that's a fucking faulty premise because I, I don't think living with someone makes you a better no, friend. No, that's not a good idea. Usually. No, you want to have space from that person and enjoy the time that you want. like. No, what are you like? Like an old married couple are bickering, bickering at each other, like. Regardless, I'm excited for the Sixers. I've turned the page on the Eagles. I, I. Isn't you? Doesn't you all have a kid? D- yeah, he does. Why is he moving in with Ben? Simmons? I don't know. That's a good question. No, no. Ben Simmons is moving in with Joel. Okay, okay. Still, <laughs> still a little weird. It's still, definitely. That is when you know, like, they need to go to like a like a relationship counselor. If it's like we should just move, it's like basically like a couple saying like we should have a kid and we'll solve everything. It's like we should move in together and I'll know every single thing that you do all day every day. Beats the fuck out of me. Yeah, who knows? Maybe it will work. Fuck the Eagles. I'm done with this shit. Regardless, let's move into segments. I got a lot of wildest shit that I've seen on the internet okay. this week. Uh, number one was something that like went viral on Twitter today, and it made me kind of like sad, but also nostalgic. And it was, it was a thread that was started by somebody that said, name a store that you grew up with that no longer exists that makes you feel old. And of course, like Blockbuster was one. Sam Goody. Sam Goody was another one. Fye. I was gonna say, are Fye still around? There is one in the Chamonix Mall. I know that. Okay. I think that, I think or it's a van store now. I can't remember, but like physical CD places. And then I just started thinking of one. One that makes me really sad that is this now is Toys R Us. Toys R Us don't exist anymore. Yeah, they filed for bankruptcy. Didn't they? They're done. They're gone. What the fuck is Jeffrey the Giraffe doing? Maybe he moved into a zoo. <laughs> I don't know. Dude, Jeffrey the Giraffe is hanging out with Stuart Little, and they're just like reminiscing. Stuart Little, R.I.P. Did Stuart Little die? No, but well, yeah, he might still live that long. In that movie, shout out Michael live. J. Fox as uh, Stuart Little. Uh, but then there was like Hollywood Video. There was a Hollywood there video. There was a Hollywood Video right near my house. That was one on my block as a kid. 
But I'm thinking like other stores that like don't exist anymore. Uh, like just shit that is Radio Shack. Radio Shack that just recently closed up. It still exists, but I feel like PacSun isn't the store it used to be. PacSun, PacSun, and I bought so was, much shit from. It Pac was Sun. like the apex of. That's like, where you bought Puka Shell necklaces. Puka Shell, you get your Billabong. Billabong, absolutely. I remember this is a real story. Your Osiris big ass um, <laughs> skateboard shoes. Yo, this is such a terrible fucking thing to say. I'm thinking about this from my perspective, looking at my parents and like how I would have reacted. I bought a a sparkly Billabong sticker from the Wildwood Boardwalk one time, and I put it on the back of my mom's car. <laughs> no, I, put, I put something on the back of my mom's Volvo, too. It was like some dumb BMX like X Games. Yo, if I came out of my house and my kid had slapped a sparkly Billabong sticker on the back of my Eddie Bauer Ford Explorer... That kid would not be living in my house anymore. And I, I remember being like, this is really cool. Like, this is like my car. I'm a surfer <laughs> you now. Drive me in this, mom. I got my billabong sticker on here. <laughs> I don't even have a surfboard, but I shred. Dude, Dana still makes fun of me because when, when like, we first met, uh, my MySpace, like, basically said that I was a surfer <laughs> because, like, I had attempted to surf, like, once. And it was, like, that era in time. And my whole MySpace layout was like a wave in the background. Kelly Slater is Kelly God. Kelly Slater is God at 69420. Like, dude, holy shit. It's so fucking bad. But yeah, so uh, if anybody has any good ones of like shit that makes you feel old, as a 29-year-old, like now knowing that these places don't exist is kind of fucking sad. But like, what are kids going to be like talking about in like 10 years? That's from what, you know, I had that thought because I've had friends now that had just had kids during yeah. quarantine. Like, all live in Delco. I'm like, wow, like all this shit I've seen in my hometown that's now gone. Like, what's it going to be in like 20 years? Do you know what there? you know what it actually is going to be? Movie theaters. Probably. Um, Did yeah, you hear about Warner Brothers? Yeah, that's crazy. It's smart. smart it's very Brothers, smart. What the yeah. fuck are they waiting for? So you're still going to release it in theaters, but it's also the like, going to a movie theater now is going to be like a luxury event. Which might actually be kind of cool for like uh, companies because they can make it like a big fucking deal if you go like you go to the movies because yeah. movie taverns were already starting where you drink in the movie theater. I never got that. I never personally when I watch a movie, I can't like sip an IPA. I agree like, with that in a weird because if I'm going to see Avengers, I kind of want to just drink a soda and eat a bunch of fucking Reese's. Yeah, pieces. if I have like a beer in me, it's just gonna make me a little groggy and just. And then I'm gonna need to go drink nine more, and I run about a four hundred hour tab yeah. at the fucking movie theater. That's when you know you're a real piece of shit, <laughs> booze bag. Uh, all right, let's go into our second thing. So remember last week we were talking about Conor McGregor versus Jake Paul as a possibility, like the YouTuber fight, yes. like whatever. Well, something just got announced tonight, and it makes my fucking skin crawl. Floyd Mayweather on his personal Instagram shared a teaser that he is fighting Jake Paul's older brother, Logan Paul, in February. In February? In February. That's very close. Very sir. soon. It's like February 2nd. It's like Super Bowl week. So I guess Floyd must have just been training to fight someone and he was just looking for the right. Or Floyd's like, dude, I love money so fucking much. Yeah, he probably doesn't give a shit. Could you imagine if he loses that fight? First off, both these motherfuckers are going to make more money than God. So now, really I've actually never seen, and I'm not a boxing expert whatsoever. Is Logan Paul like actually, can he like. Granted, I know he hasn't fought any real competition, probably. I got he, no fucking clue whether or not he can fight. He's a pretty big dude. Like, he's pretty fucking built. But, like, I don't, like, I'm not going to, like, go pay money to watch Logan Paul fight. Like, I didn't want to watch fucking Conor McGregor fight Floyd Mayweather. And he's a trained fighter. He's the best in his division. Now I got to watch this. I hope that Mayweather just boxes defensively, disappoints everybody, and everybody winds up blowing their money and wins on a decision. But, like, you should knock him the fuck out. Yeah, but he won't. That's not his. No, not at all. 
It's so funny with Logan Paul, though. Just every time I think of him being kids in college that had vines, yes. I just think of him as a guy from Vine. And yep. now he's fighting. Dude, Vine was so fucking sick. But I think about it, I think back to it now. We were probably so annoying to like an older generation. It was like, what the fuck is this bullshit? The way we look at TikTok and we're like, what the fuck is this bullshit? Like in college, we were like, Vine is the funniest fucking thing ever, dude. It was sick, though. It was only like six seconds long. It was perfect. Fuck TikTok. Long live on. Uh, the third thing I have. So back into the saga of James Harden. So James Harden skipped the Rockets opening workout to go to a strip club with the rapper Lil Baby for his birthday and throw hundreds of thousands of dollars. He just straight up, like he wants out of Houston very obviously. And to, first of all, nobody gave him shit online for being at a fucking packed strip club for somebody's birthday party. I find that amazing that nobody was like, hey, like, it is still Rona. Like you still Rona, and you got that beard that can probably just keep trapping it in, there for in days. shit, bro. That's and disgusting, James. Very James Harden, dude. Dude loves strip clubs, man. Like come to Philly, dude. We'll take you out to cheerleaders or like yeah. fucking show and tell. Lou Turks and Delco. Lou Turks. Delco doesn't have more strip clubs to be. <laughs> Could honest. you imagine if you came to Philly and went to a Delco strip club? Well, we have one Lou Turks, and what is Lou Turks? It's a strip club. Not a good strip. Club. I was gonna I say like it's not a Kent, like club. yeah, dude. I have my own VIP cot in the back. It's pretty sick. Dude. I remember I went there one time after the wing bowl because that's that's what, what you, you do. do. And I just ate breakfast food. I remember talking to Robbie Fox because he did a whole fucking like series about wing bowl one year, and I told him that I watched series and I was like, yo, you were not mentally prepared. He's like, dude, honestly, I had no idea what I was fucking. I almost skipped a college baseball tryout to go to wing bowl my senior year in high school. You didn't. That was a smart move. I had to fight my mom because I had a, a, a an official visit to Wilmington University in Delaware for baseball, a baseball scholarship, but Wing Bowl was the same day. And I had to have a long sit-down conversation that turned into yelling with my mom where I was like, Mom, I want to go to Wing Bowl. She's like, Colin, are you fucking kidding me? Like, first off, you're 18. Second off, you're going to your baseball thing for college and get a fucking scholarship. I'm like, but mom, it's Wing Bowl. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. The best thing with the wing bowl, the one time I went, I fell asleep in the stands. I remember you telling me that story. But we were drinking in the parking lot pregame, and it was like freezing out. And wing like bowl. I had a good drunk going. You get in, and I was like, all right, time to buy another beer. And you had to like wait an hour. I was like, I got to wait till 7 o'clock yeah, to I get a beer. Say, it was 6.45 in the morning. <laughs> Jesus. And I was like, I'm going to fall asleep now. I can't keep drinking. This is on them. I feel like most stories I've heard about you from prior to us knowing each other was you falling asleep at events. Like when you fell asleep at Nickelback. Oh, yeah, that's because I never packed a lip in my life, and I packed my only lip at a Nickelback concert because I was given a ticket. And After you did that, did you consider killing yourself? I remember it was during the um, Hinder set. It oh, was, my God. It was Breaking Benjamin, Hinder, and Nickelback. Dude, they didn't, like, firebomb very, that stadium? <laughs> very interesting crowd. You passed out during Lips of an Angel? Apparently. I remember what happened. I packed a lip. I accidentally swallowed some. I puked my brains out on the BB&T field. Which you would later play. Fell asleep and then woke up and Nickelback was on. <laughs> Dude, that, that must have felt like the worst nightmare ever. You wake up and Nickelback's on. You're like, where am I? Did I die? <laughs> my first time packing a lip was with Droopy. Or no, it wasn't with Droopy. It was before I went to go hang out with Droopy. It was my, one of my only times I ever packing a lip. Uh, I was in high school and I went to the high school soccer game. It was like a big rivalry, rivalry game against Judge after I went to baseball practice. And that day, if you're a baseball player, like everybody like packs lips or whatever. So... I tried it for the first time at practice. I was like, this is fucking sweet. I'm so lightheaded. 
And then I went to Wawa, bought a tin, and then went to the soccer game. And the entire time was dipping, and everybody was like, "Oh, buddy, dips now. That's pretty cool." I was in my fucking 1996 teal Chevy Cavalier with two doors, and this John was like fucking terrible. It had like one hubcap. The rest of them were gone. And uh, I was driving to Drewby's house to pick him up, and I this girl Christine was walking through the parking lot. I was like driving up next to her, and I was like, "Yo, CB, what's good?" And as soon as she said something, I hit a speed bump and I swallowed the entire lip. Oh. And I got to like the edge of the Ryan parking lot and I was like, oh no, I made a bad choice. <laughs> and I fucking got to Droopy's, which is like a tenth of a mile away from Ryan. And I lived the closest to Archbishop Ryan in the entire Northeast. I got to Droopy's house, got out of my car, was spinning, laid in the grass out front of Droopy's house, threw up projectile, walked in Droopy's house, walked back out, threw up again, and launched the tin, all while Droopy's mom watched. <laughs> and I remember like this is 10 years later she came up to me she's like you remember that time you threw up in my fucking yard and I was like yeah I want to talk about that so I know I feel your pain I understand you completely kids don't dip no uh, on to something that's not about throwing up Guy Fieri the goat oh yeah he raised all that money my man raised 21.5 million dollars and dispersed it to unemployed restaurant workers across the country as a great comedian once said, why do people hate Guy Fieri? What the fuck? My man rocks some sick, like, pinstriped, fire-ass, flame-covered, short-sleeve polos with, like, six wristbands on and bleach blonde hair. And my man is absolutely the fucking goat. He seems like he's an awesome guy to, like, drink 10 margaritas with and just pound beers and listen to Van Halen. Oh, dude, Van Halen's the perfect... Like he, he definitely has like an island beach bar at his house where he just has friends over. But also, he doesn't listen to Van Halen. He listens to Van Hagar. He's a big Sammy, Van, Sammy yeah, Hagar well, guy. Definitely, of course. He just keeps singing right now on repeat. <laughs> right now. Uh, yeah, so shout out Guy Fieri. As a band full of people that have or still do work in the service industry, we salute you, Mr. Guy Fieri. Donkey sauce on the house tonight. Uh, other than that, I brought this up to Ken before the podcast, but... Uh, there's some hip-hop drama going on right now. So Playboy Cardi has long been teasing the release of his next album called Whole Lot of Red for the last two years, and his fans are just absolutely batshit crazy. By the way, I am a Playboy Cardi fan to a certain point. Uh, when he does the baby voice, it, like the hip-hop nerd in me gets a little bit like, this is like for the kids, whatever. Uh, but so Mario Judah, who I was trying to explain to Ken before the podcast started what Mario Judah is, I'll have to. Put, I'll put the song in here. He he's like an emo rock star rapper. He's a, it's like a big joke, but like he's been threatening Playboy Cardi online for the entire week, saying if you don't release whole lot of red this weekend, I will retaliate. <laughs> and what he did is he's releasing his own version of whole lot of red, and the internet is blowing the fuck up. First off, shouts to Mario Judah for whatever the fuck it is that Mario Judah does. And I, see, I showed Ken a picture. He looks awesome. <laughs> <laughs> He does look awesome. He's got red hair and some spike necklaces on. He looks like a kid who would be at the Hot Topic at the Neshaminy Mall back in like 06. Oh, definitely. Oh, my God. Just like his stepdad dropped him off and like he's just like smoking like Newport Hundreds outside and listening to fucking Marilyn Manson. I'm going to link all this in a you post. You know how Hot Topic has that distinct smell when you walk uh, into Hot Topic? It's fucking disgusting. I, yeah. If, if, if I could think what that guy smells like, he probably smells like a Hot Topic. He smells like Jenko's. Uh, but yeah, so I'm going to link that. But so Mario Judah and Playboy Cardi are now beefing because they're both dropping whole lot of red. It's fucking hilarious. It's genius marketing on the do Mario Judas part. It's fucking hilarious. And I'm going to link all this to a post later on. Down the line. I mean, I'm going to listen to his stuff now that you told me this story. So he has he got a new fan in me. I think the name of the song he has is called Die Very Rough. <laughs> 
I I can't explain this. I just have to I have to tag you in it. So that's the wildest shit that we see on the internet. Uh, we're gonna get into our coronavirus survival guide, which by the way, I think this is an all timer for me. I think this is one of the greatest ones we've ever come up with. But before we do, we're gonna go into what the fuck we've been listening to. Uh, I'm gonna go then Ken will go vice versa. And we got uh oh three today. Uh my first one. It was Jay-Z's birthday this week. Of course, if you're a Hove fan, uh, December 4th, 1969 is the day Sean Carter, a.k.a. Jigga, or a.k.a. Young Hove, a.k.a. the fucking greatest rapper of all time, was born. I'm a big Jay-Z fan. Shout out to Chris Valenti. I know you're listening somewhere <laughs> and just like fucking crying to a shrine of Jay-Z in the corner of your room. Uh, I picked the song Success. I could have picked any song by Jay-Z just as a shout out. The thing that's amazing about Jay-Z is he's 51 years old and he's still rapping circles around a lot of people. Like he... The longevity, 13 number one albums, 21 Grammys, so many features, and he's still doing it. 444 was his last album. It's fucking outstanding. He just had a collab album with his wife, Beyonce, last year called The Carters, and he still he was he just washed Jay Electronic on his own debut album. Shout out to Jay-Z, the GOAT, Young Hove. Uh, success featuring Nas off of American Gangsters, my first pick. Ken, first pick? My first pick, I was actually listening to it on the way over here. I didn't finish listening to it yet, but I wanted to check it out. Kind of what what we were talking about earlier was that new Youngblood record. We oh, talked yeah, about yeah, yeah. him. It's interesting. I actually think there's some good songs on there. Some of it is very that poppy kind of Post Maloney stuff. Yeah, yeah. There's a song, and I have my phone here, so I can't get, I forget what the title is. It's like all my dead friends or something. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It reminds me of like sabotage by the Beastie Boys. That's pretty sick. It's a crazy bullshit. Like it's fun. Mm-hmm. amazing. Like Royal Blood might be my because we our show with Royal Blood got canceled this year. Hopefully it comes back next year. I know. Speaking of that, Sarah Parker is coming on the podcast next week again. Oh sweet. Our friend, uh, the program director over there at uh, WMMR, number one rock station in the country, fresh out of Philadelphia. But uh, it's fucking outstanding. RTJ Royal Blood. Uh, the ground below the Royal Blood mix. So, Ken, what's your second one? My second one, I'm still going to stick with the new Biffy Clyro album because I love it. Fuck um, yeah. They did a, um, I think they just did a live from Abbey Road. Mm. And the one big song, I think, single that came out is that song Space. Yes. I don't know if you heard very it. Very cool. They did an orchestral version on the live from Abbey Road. And this Hell yeah. Fucking awesome. That's a great song. Yeah, yes. they're a great fucking song. That's just like you hear, you're like, oh, this is a hit. You yeah. just oh, know it. That's really funny. I'm going to talk about it later. But like, I love when you can tell it. Somebody probably walked out of the studio, they're like, well, Cut me my royalty checks yeah, now. Like literally the first part of the verse comes in. You're like, okay, this is, I know where it's going. It's going to be a hit. It's just a great song. Beautiful. Uh, my latest pick is a song that reminds me of a time on the road. Uh, South Side of Heaven by Ryan Bingham. Uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful song. For anybody who watches the show Yellowstone, he's a character on Yellowstone, the singer Ryan Bingham, but he's like an amazing songwriter uh, kind of like all country. If you like, like Jason Isbell or if you like Chris Stapleton, Ryan Bingham's fucking amazing. Uh, I picked the song South Side of Heaven because I always bring this up when it's us, the gear car, and uh, Eric always has a penchant for playing the wrong song at the wrong time. <laughs> like, if I'm trying to fall asleep, Eric's blessing Seosin or, like, fucking bring me the horizon. That's usually because you're in the backseat trying to sleep. Yeah. And me and Eric tend to like heavier stuff. Yeah. Like, and then you just have your moment. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but when I'm trying to stay awake, like, I'm falling asleep at the wheel, Eric will put on some, like, ethereal folk shit, and, like, I'm, like, falling asleep, and I'll look at him and be like, yo, can you fucking put something on that, like, I can stay awake to? South Side of Heaven is one of those, it's, first off, it's a beautiful fucking song, but I remember driving through the backwoods of Alabama, and he put that song on, and I just got in a trance, and I remember, like, kind of dipping out and hitting the rumble strips on the <laughs> side of the highway, and pulling off into this, like, fucking crazy-ass gas station. But uh, it's a beautiful song, I listen to it probably once a week, South Side of Heaven by Ryan Bingham, Ken, you're third. Oh, shit, we need a three. We're doing three? <laughs> Should we do two? Pick something. Um, all right, you know what? It's not a song, but 
Actually, I think it is. It's called Wildfire. It's by I think I showed you Irie that reggae yeah, rock. Yeah, the reggae. Yeah, she's just putting out great music. Um, Beautiful. You like the reggae music stuff that I like. Um, you know the guy, the, <laughs> that type of person, slightly stupid, sublime. Dude, I've been on whole... a sublime kick. White Sox Dave from Barstool Sports put me back on a sublime kick. I was in the shower yesterday listening to Fifty Four Forty Six. Ooh, that's Ball and Chain. Toots and um, my. Yeah, we were I talking about that. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's one of my favorites. I've been song. back on a because we went. I we talked about fucking Raleigh soliloquy and and uh, yeah, Robin, Rob, the Robin the Hood and Hood. shit like that. So I went back on that kick. But Irie is the name of the 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 group. Irie. It's like um H I R I E. Reminds me of the office when they're reading Michael's journey <laughs> journal in the deposition, and he's like, sand everywhere, Jan everywhere. <laughs> oh diary, what a week. <laughs> More next week. I'm feeling very eerie. <laughs> Irie. <laughs> They're taking the office off fucking Netflix. I'm sure you'll be okay when it's on Comedy Central. And when it's <laughs> on the cock. It's on what? Oh, Peacock. Peacock. It's just that's the part of my thing. It's on the cock. No, oh, I always They're moving it over. That and Parks and Rec is Parks and Rec are going over there. Yeah, so they're both going because they're NBC shows, so they're all going over there. So it's Friends and all that shit. So yeah, well, Friends is also on HBO Max, but is it, I need to get HBO Max if they're going to have all these movies and shit. Yeah, you know what sucks? Um, I wanted to rewatch the Lord of the Rings series, and it was on HBO Nerd. Max. So I did a free trial of HBO Max. Did it, you forget? No, I took it off, but I had to go through these loops to get it because I was trying to get it through Hulu HBO Max, uh, and they didn't have it on Hulu's HBO Max. Mm. And then yesterday I put on Hulu, and it's like Lord of the Rings. And I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Lego loss. All right, yeah, so that is what the fuck we've been listening to. Before we get into our coronavirus survival guide, I want to thank our sponsors here. Highbrew Coffee is always 10% off all online orders with promo code FOXTROT. Uh, also, grab it at Wawa. Always do. Ken came in with coffee, not Highbrew, you son of a bitch. Well, I like holiday blends. Oh, yeah, he wanted hot coffee. But if you want a fucking canned oh, shot of nothing caffeine, else, yeah. nothing else. Absolutely not. Chug it. Go run. Stay up, do whatever you have to do. Uh, also, we want to thank Body Armor. Body Armor, thank you for sending us pallets and pallets of your stuff. We love it. We drink it all the time. Drink it after shows. Drink it on the road. Drink it at home. I've been mixing it with protein recently because I'm a douchebag. Yeah, don't like taste you. it at all. It does seem like me. Uh, so drink Body Armor. We have more news about Body Armor coming soon. But drink Body Armor. Uh, let's go into our coronavirus survival guide today. I got super excited about this because this is actually something we talked about slightly on the episode with Jimmy. Okay. So, uh, ASAP Yams, who was one of the founding members of the ASAP mob with ASAP Rocky, uh, who passed away, I think it was like four years ago now, once tweeted this phrase that I have long had it stay with me. And he tweeted, when I die, read my eulogy with the living it up by Ja Rule instrumental underneath. <laughs> And I've always like thought about that as like the funniest fucking thing ever. And it made me think today while I was running, what songs would I have played at my funeral? It's a very morbid thought, but at the same time, if you want to encapsulate your whole life, it's your final celebration. What songs would be played during your funeral? And so I sent it to Ken. Ken thought it was a good idea. And uh, I wanted to set parameters because I picked th- we have to pick three songs. So the three songs you're going to pick are the song at your funeral that will encapsulate your life. People will look around and be like, yeah, this is Colin. This makes a lot of sense. This is Ken. This makes a lot of sense. The second song is a song to cheer people up because it's a sad time. You've passed away. What song would you put on to like bring people up? Maybe get a laugh? I don't know. Uh, the third song is a song that's going to make everybody cry. Bring the fucking house down. Yeah. And I got three good ones. I'm going to let you start at this time. So, right, what, so what do, is your first song? Do, you, do we want to go with the one first that encaps, like, encapsulates you? So I guess, 
For me, um, I'm going to go. This one was actually the toughest one for me. Or no, maybe the, the last one. No, but, this um, is the one I put the least amount of stock in because yeah. it, like, the other ones are kind of funny in a way. But like this one is I, like. I think with me, like for a song that encapsulates me, I love reggae music. I'm very low key. I would probably do like Mr. Collie Man by Slightly Stupid. That would be amazing at your fucking funeral. And that like, could be funny, Vic. Yeah, he was pretty chill. He didn't smoke weed. He was but a chill he was, ass bro. He was a chill bro. Chill dude. See, if, if Mr. This, Collie if Man. If Eric right. was here, they could put on Bowl for Two by the fucking Expendables and he'd be like, he loved weed, man. That makes oh, so much sense. Guy. Weed guy. Exactly. That actually makes a lot of sense. Like, if I'm at your funeral, which God forbid that ever. First off, you're coming to my funeral because there's no way that I'm outliving you. It's not going to happen. I really don't believe that. Uh, if Mr. Collie Man doesn't come on, I'm going to be pissed off. Maybe I'll try to get Slightly Stupid to come play. Oh, we didn't no, know this guy, off, but... First off, you're not doing shit because you're dead. I'll call Slightly Stupid yeah. and be like, yo, you're kind of my boy's Hello, funeral. Mr. Stupid. <laughs> I'm dead. It's me, Ken. <laughs> uh, my first one, the song that encapsulates me, and this is partially because of the artist, and it's also partially because I'm an asshole in a certain perspective. I pick Can't Tell Me Nothing by Kanye West. <laughs> like, I picture the funeral, it starts, and then all of a sudden, like, the priest comes up, and all I hear is... La 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 la. Wait till I get my money the, um, right. The Jeezy, the Jeezy albums are a big part of this, but I just figure like the song is so ignorant and in your face, and it's just like I had a dream I could buy my way to heaven. When I woke, I spent that on a necklace. Like yeah, he loved necklaces. He loved necklaces. Wear one right now. I have my Jesus piece on now. It's more of like the attitude and the certain perspective of like you can't tell me nothing because my entire life I've lived to be like, look, I, I, you can't tell me shit. I'll fucking figure it out. But more than anything, I just want Kanye to yell at my funeral. That's all I want. I thought of anything like I would love to be getting laid to rest, and all of a sudden you just hear, yeah, Jeezy <laughs> in the background. It's just me laid up. It is a jam. So it is yeah. a fucking jam. But like, you I just play want well in the church too. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, like I want, I want like the old ladies there. My mom, like. Everybody there just being the they going la la use too late like that's what I want but like there's so many quotable lines in that song and I just want everybody in the front row to be bobbing their head to fucking can't tell me nothing by Kanye West because in fact you can't tell me nothing You're wait dead. till I get my money right I'm dead <laughs> <laughs> the secret to life is is I'm dead all right Ken go with your second one so right, this is a song one. that lifts the spirits of the of all right the, so i'm gonna go party hard by andrew wk <laughs> yes. there's gonna be That's some parameters here answer. we're gonna do that it's gonna be when i'm going out so my <laughs> pole bearers have to pick me up and each pole barrel that you can choose the flavor you have to get um a bud light rita like a straw burrito or mangarita i'll let you choose whatever you want but you have to chug it before you lift my casket. Let's get a party going. Let's, Let's get, get a party, party going. Now it's time to party, party, go, party hard. That's a fucking The song does great. not stop until every drop of Rita has sipped. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll wait. So if you're one of my oh, pole bearers, you got you to gotta chug that. It's going to be a super pounder too. Good fucking answer. I don't know why it wasn't. That makes so much sense. Remember when Andrew WK was supposed to be in the gov- the Trump government? He no, was it be- was the Obama government. Oh, he was going to be the foreign uh, party ambassador? Like the uh, secretary of party. And he was going to be like an ambassador for some Middle Eastern country. He was going to go figure out the Middle Eastern peace crisis? You know what? We, we could be a lot better off now if we just listen to Andrew WK. <laughs> so my second song kind of is in the same vein. So to lift the spirits of the crowd, my idea was I feel so alive by POD. Oh my god! <laughs> like, <laughs> like 
I'm like, it's my funeral, and all of a sudden, you're gonna see so many devil horns thrown <laughs> well, up. So there's two, there's two factors to this. Like, it's gonna be like the whole crowd will be laughing because it's like Colin's dead, but it's like I feel so alive. <laughs> <laughs> but there's gonna be a montage of the 2002 X Games in the back <laughs> in Philadelphia where Tony Mike Metzger does a double backflip, <laughs> and underneath the pew, the priest is gonna go. Everybody, please reach under your pew. There's a monster energy drink. <laughs> and oh, my so God. At my funeral, the song to live the spirit to be, I feel so alive, but I'm dead. So it's funny. So it's like my mom's just crying in the corner. <laughs> if it goes a little long, it gets followed by Here Comes the Boom. Or like Hero by Saliva and Nickelback. <laughs> oh, my God. I love that it. That was I the one that it. I thought of. And I was like, yo, Ken's going to die when I do this. So my wrote all these great songs, <laughs> and he's going to play P.O.D. at his funeral. Oh, man, that's my second song. Uh, yo, you should just get P.O.D. I'll, I'll set it up if P.O.D.'s still alive. Youth we'll just get them to perform. Oh. <laughs> we'll put a, we'll put a, um, we'll put like a, um, blank, like a, um, I can't even think, like a blanket up to mass them, and it will drop. And P.O.D. will my be. kids. Curtains will be my set up. My kids at the funeral. <laughs> They're like, my dad loves this song. <laughs> it's P.O.D. <laughs> That's Paul, right? He loved to shred. <laughs> All right, Ken, go for your sad song. My sad song? This one, I don't know. Probably Warren Zevon, keep me in your heart for a while. Oh, Warren, that's way too fucking dark. Because I agree, it's a good fucking like, funeral song. This is songs uh, manipulative as shit. Y'all gonna so cry. Sad. You didn't want to cry for me. You're <laughs> you gonna guys cry. Are all pussies. You're gonna cry. <laughs> you didn't finish your strawberry. <laughs> Drink those tears. <laughs> and then as soon as keep me in your heart ends, Andrew WK comes back on. He comes back on with party till you puke. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, my my sad one. I picked drink a beer by Luke Bryan. <laughs> Is that song sad? Yeah, it's about like someone dying. So it's about it's kind of like Lee Bryce's song. I'll drive. Uh, I drive your truck. You know okay. that one? It's yeah, about his, yeah, his uh-huh. friend or brother who passed mm-hmm. away. He's like a veteran. This song is literally about like Luke Bryan's friend died, so he's gonna go sit on the dock and drink a beer. Oh, it's terrible. I thought Luke Bryan only sang about spring break. In the, in a roundabout way, this is that song. But like the chorus song is. So I'm going to sit right here on the edge of this pier and drink a beer. <laughs> but it's about someone dying. So, like, I'm thinking, like, all right, so my boys are at the funeral. Yeah. I like how I don't think about, like, my wife or my mom. Like, I'm thinking, like, yo, my boys are at the funeral. They're like, yo, this is sad as fuck. Colin's dead. But he wants us to drink a beer. And then you guys go have a great after party after. But, like, my thought was, like, if it's going to be a sad song to carry me out, it's Drink a Beer by Luke Bryan. Followed up, of course, while I'm getting put in the ground, with sorority girl, which makes no sense. Oh, my, 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 little eighty pie. Yeah. <laughs> Kappa Delta Tri, girl, you look so fine. If the you whole... got all those people to perform at your funeral, that'd be the best line of all time. So wait, Kanye you're... West, you make him have to open. <laughs> Kanye, it's like, no, no, Kanye, you don't get the clothes. You're opening. Sorry. Oh. You're the biggest ego He's like, this here. is what Colin would want. You're opening for P.O.D. <laughs> <laughs> so my funeral will be played by Kanye, P.O.D., and Luke Bryan, and yours will be Andrew W.K., uh... Andrew W.K., Slightly, Slightly Stupid, Stupid, and The Ghost of Warren Zevon. <laughs> the Ghost of Warren Zevon. They're singing Werewolves of London. <laughs> Holographic Warren Zevon. He's just <laughs> looking for a big plate of beef chow mein. And, Ken, and Ken's, Ken's mom's like, this makes so Oh, and then sense. you know what? Halfway through the Warren Zevon song, Kid Rock's going to come and try to find a way to um, rip off Keep Me Oh, in yeah, of course. Yeah, and then Ball with the Ball. <laughs> no, what I want to actually happen is while I'm being carried out by the pallbearers, 
is the Stone Cold music drops and Stone Cold walks in and stunners each one of you individually and then I casket falls. Oh yeah. Is there anything that like jumps out to you like <laughs> why you wanna by <laughs> by TI? <laughs> I was thinking ride with me by Nelly. Yeah, that's And I'll just do a holo- I'll get a holographic version of me wasted. Singing in the lamplighter? Like I used to have the lamplighter. Oh my god. There's so many songs that like honestly like, it would make so much uh, Kanye would have to be played. I found a way that at my wedding cocktail hour, like I promised my wife I wouldn't put a Kanye song in there, but I put a Pharrell song featuring Kanye in there. Like I'm trying to think, like what would I like, like a good, like a good Colin funeral song, like just ACDC's back in black, front to back, just fucking hell's bells ringing as I go from the fucking grave. Like there's so many songs that make sense. John Cena's theme song. Oh, <laughs> John Cena. <laughs> You have to get John Cena to come up though. Like he'll come in the church and he'll do his whole thing and then run up. But he's not fighting. He just kind of does his entrance and leaves. What well, what I would want to happen is that he starts to fuck people up in the in the church, but everybody's like, "Oh my god, is that a ghost? I can't see him. Like what is going on here? Like grandma just got piled her. Like what what happened?" <laughs> I don't know. This is a fucking ridiculous segment, but I really do think that I feel or I feel so alive by POD is the per- like I just want Kelly Slater going down a fucking 40 foot wave to be like in the background like in the priest wearing like fucking Oakley's and like <laughs> well we had his whole life to go off of but his MySpace phase which yes. is <laughs> grilled by thing. Nelly and Paul Wall <laughs> sitting sideways by Paul Wall baby. that'd be a good one fuck yeah trunk open screens on neons lit with fit for less oh um big timers um oh staples. real big Real big Manny Fresh be good or is it stay fly or still fly? I'm still still fly. Yeah. I'm still fly. Manny Fresh. Like I feel like there's a lot of songs that can make sense here. Like I like I'm in love with a stripper by T Pain would be funny. Ooh, but like it would make it yeah. I'm trying to think of like what encapsulates me. Like I feel like Can't Tell Me Nothing is the perfect fucking song. But like I don't know. Like there's nothing by Bruce that I like I like I didn't mention a Bruce song once. Like I think like <laughs> Like, I could pick, like, some bad Bruce, Bruce be songs. a good eulogy guy. Oh, he would. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that Colin. Mr. Bundy. Mr. Bundy embodied the spirit of the American working man. <laughs> and Tim, I look at my mother and I said, Mom, I need you to call. I need to stop doing the Bruce voice. I'm going to beat this shit to death. All right, that's our fucking episode for today. Absolutely outstanding. Later this week, we have the Blue Stones coming on, so we have a fucking great episode on Thursday. But I thought we need to let this week start off with something fucking outstanding. And I thought this was, this is probably my favorite survival guide so far because it's just an outlandish fucking topic. But we really went over the top with it. So I think that's, we did it justice. Just a POD. Uh, so we will see you guys again on Thursday. Uh, we have a lot of news coming up for you guys. Maybe something that could change the entire music industry. Who knows? We'll talk about it later. We can't fucking talk about it for legal reasons, but we will. Uh, for Ken Bianco, for the rest of Fox trying to get down, I say, fuck you guys. We love Peace. you.